Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you Jake Hurwitz. He's the founder and CMO of Thursday Labs. Good morning, Jake. Morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, kick us off with the why. Why did you start Thursday Labs? Oh, yeah. It's a, it is a long story. I won't bore you with it, so I'll kind of give the, the footnotes. I'm New York and was always really into action sports, uh, skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, you name it. And I'd come home from school every day in middle school and high school and I'd be out skateboarding all day or snowboarding all day and just found myself becoming obsessed with all these short films that like companies like Patagonia and Yeti coolers and all the skateboard brands, all the surf brands that they were putting up on YouTube. And it just got me intrigued with filmmaking and social media in general. I like learned how to write HTML and CSS when I was like 11 through my uh, I had a YouTube channel when I was in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade that had like almost 10,000 followers, which by the way, was before Google bought YouTube. So that was actually kind of a lot of uh, subscribers at the time. Um, so I just like fell in love with that whole world of, of creating content before the word content was really a thing uh, that told a story. And then I was 18 and I started a marketing agency and that was like, we do web design, we do video, we, we just did everything. It was actually too much. And um from there, I ended up starting a startup, uh, and then I ended up in the venture capital world for a while. We, we sold a company, um, so I had like a, a small exit when I was I think, 22 or 23 years old. Um, but I found myself towards the tail end of COVID. I woke up one day and I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm deep in venture capital. I had already run an agency for like four years. I had been in the startup world for quite a while, and it was always in the startup scene. And I just woke up one day and I was like, I am becoming a finance guy, like more and more raising a fund, dealing with LPs all day. I can't remember the last time I actually like built a website or created some piece of media, which is what I used to just lose track of time doing. I'm like, and I'm not a finance guy. I'm a marketing guy. I'm a storyteller. And so I kind of woke up with that like mini existential crisis half ago and pretty quickly had to just make my way out of the VC world, uh, find my way back into the marketing world and I didn't really know what that meant for a bit. So I was CMO at a venture-backed company um, for about a year. Uh, the company was called Day One. We had great investors like Gary Vaynerchuk and, and Antler and some other funds. That really all led me to Thursday Labs. Now, that's sort of like quick backstory, but what's the why of, of Thursday Labs and why, why I'm doing what I'm doing? I find that in, you know, let's take the world of like outdoor sports and action sports and all that, even the world of uh, natural foods and other CPG, these companies have gotten so outrageously great at storytelling and selling the lifestyle that you could live if you buy their product. They don't even talk about their product, the, the good companies, they just talk about the lifestyle that you can live. And it was so powerful for me to, I mean, I literally moved across the country when I was 18 years old to live the life that these companies were showing me I could live. These are companies, which is wild. And so 
I look at the world of, of tech and startups, and I'm thinking, you've got all these founders that are starting really great companies. They're in the world, and it's almost irresponsible for them not to be sharing that story and not to be basically telling the world what they do and, and inspiring people the way I was inspired to make big moves and leaps in my life based off of the problems that can be solved out in the world. So we started Thursday Labs to address that, basically help bring these more B2B technical founders to the spotlight. I mean, tell their stories. Like entrepreneurs are the new rock stars, but no one knows about them in the tech world. They just talk about their products. Well, I want to talk about the founders and the story behind them. So that's, that's what we do. And that's why we do it. Very cool. No, I think it's the only reason I started the podcast as well, just to hear the stories. I mean, they're so remarkable, so amazing. And it's nice to give them a platform. And you yeah. found another way to help founders get out and get be, be found and, uh, and let them be known and let their stories be told, which is very cool. Yeah. So w- walk me through a little bit, Jake, about you know, what service you provide to these founders. Like, how are you doing that exactly? Yeah, so uh, a bit of a catchphrase I've been playing with lately is you can go with us from unknown to unforgettable. So how do we do that? The founders feel like they should be producing a whole lot of content. I mean, any founder we know, and if you're a founder listening, I'm sure you can feel the same way. It's like, God, I feel like I should have a podcast. I should have a blog. I should write a newsletter every week. It's up on TikTok and Instagram of me for the sake of thought leadership and like growing my personal brand, which ultimately helps grow the company. We're seeing a lot of startup growth these days come from it's founder-led growth. It comes from the networks and the personal brands of the founders. But they think, screw that. I don't have a strategy. I don't really know like, what to say on camera. I'm not good on camera. What do, how do I do this to actually make revenue? It's going to take so much time. It's really expensive. All these other reasons. So they end up not doing it at all. So our service and our, our experience basically is we start for four months. We spend the first month deep with you as a founder and, and develop a whole content strategy. Then what we're going to do is we're going to produce a podcast and you're going to show up for one hour a week for the next 12 weeks and record your podcast. And I'm going to train you to be a great host and I'm going to help you build an at-home podcast studio using all the best equipment that's on the market right now. And I'm going to do everything else. And that's it. You just show up for an hour a week and then move on with your life. What you get out of that is a weekly podcast that goes both on all of your personal accounts, but also on all your company's accounts. It's, it's, it's branded uh, we give it a new brand, like it's a, a new name of a show that is presented by your company. And then from that, we also build your newsletter every week that goes out to your, your uh, subscriber list. And we build that list. We produce five short form clips that get pulled from that episode. Now, those clips are highly, highly edited. Uh, we found a huge lift in engagement when you have highly edited, almost like short documentary clips with a bunch of animations versus just head with some subtitles that are yellow and green um so we go really heavy on the editing front if anyone's curious what that looks like i've got some examples you know case studies on our website so long story short you come in for an hour a week you film 12 episodes and you get somewhere between 150 and 250 pieces of content across 15 channels over the course of three months very cool and are founders open to this? Because I would think some founders can be very cautious because it's new, it's different, it gets them outside their comfort zone, they're opening up. What's been some of the pushback you've gotten from some founders? Biggest pushback I get is the time spent, which is exactly why we, I make it very clear. You only spend an hour a week on this. Like almost every founder we work with 
they're like, this is great. You know, the cost makes sense. Like I, I, sh I should be doing this. I want to invest in it. I, I get the upside, but like, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. That's why I haven't done it yet. Jake, how much time do I need to spend with you on this? And I'm like, very little. It's an hour a week. I, I liken it to working out. You want to join a gym? Great. I can promise you your life is going to be a lot better in three months or in three years, at least three months, right? Right. You start working out every day and I'm going to be right with a good regimen and a good strategy and you have somebody holding you accountable. I don't think anyone can deny that your life's going to be a lot better. You're going to have incredible results in so many areas of your life, but it does take a little bit of effort, a little bit of work. So our founders open to it. I would say, well, absolutely. For what it's worth, we've grown 8x in the last as far as the amount of clients that we're working with, um, just as we're starting to see like incredible amounts of, uh, well, first of all, our tech is getting a lot better so we can handle more. But folks are waking up to this. They're seeing founders build unicorn companies largely off the backs of their LinkedIn and TikTok followings. Very cool. So walk me through the name, Thursday Labs. Yeah, it's funny. I get asked that on, a, on every show I'm on. It's, it's actually <laughs> exciting of a story, but the, the personal side of it is back in right when I graduated from college, I was going through my first breakup. And I'm sure everyone knows what it's like to go through your first breakup. It sucks. Uh, I was very lonely. I was living in Denver. I really needed to meet new people, like not even just for dating. I just like graduated college and moved from Boulder to Denver I wanted to become an adult. I want to start dressing nicer. And I wanted to make new friends who I thought were cool and inspiring and mature and had great careers. And I had a hard time finding. I ended up starting this dinner party club where I'd host dinner every Thursday night. And for a while, the name was Blue Plate. And this was always just sort of a passion project that would help me meet new people and help other people meet new people. And it, it really grew and grew and grew. And over the course of uh, from 2017 to so pandemic, I uh, hosted about 200 dinners, uh, over 200 dinners all over the world. I could say all over the world because we did one overseas. The rest were in the U.S. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so we hosted like 200 some odd dinners and it was awesome. And then when the pandemic hit, I obviously had to scale that back a lot. And when the world, you know, a couple of years ago after COVID, I brought it back and I wanted to rebrand it. I wanted to give it a big launch. And so I, I moved from the name Blue Plate to Thursday Club. And then when I was starting this company, this agency and the, the content company, that is, I want, I needed another name for it. I didn't want to just keep launching like new names. So I thought, what if I just build an overarching brand and call it Thursday labs. And within that I could have Thursday club. I can have, of course, Thursday, like the agency. Uh, we are in the beginning stages of incubating our first set of, of media properties and ventures. And so that's basically like Thursday studio and to do a lot of things. Plus, I love telling people, uh, happy Thursday. And every Thursday, I send out a newsletter. Every quarter on the third Thursday of the month, I send out, I'm sorry, every quarter on the, the third Thursday of the quarter, I send out a stakeholder update. It's called Happy Thursday. So it's just a fun name. And that's that's the backstory. Well, I think, Jake, uh, my entrepreneur meeting is the first Thursday every month. You have to come to one because you're the Thursday guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get on a plane, come to Charlotte, be our host, first Thursday every month, work it out, make it happen. You travel the globe. So I, I, I feel like Mr. Thursday has to show up to one of our entrepreneur meetings. That sounds fun. What, what are those all about? Uh, it's basically it's a, similar to your dinners, except it's just entrepreneurs, business owners coming together to learn 
how each other's doing, be a support system, um, help celebrate successes, but also help walk through some challenges each of them are facing. That we're not trying to do all these things alone because entrepreneurship, as you know, can be lonely. So it's nice to have that support system once a month to kind of get together and just, you know, kind of check on each other. Oh yeah, totally. Love and it. it's on Thursday. So it's gotta be a success. Yep. hundred percent. Well, very cool. I appreciate you. Let me know the, the Thursday background story. It definitely is unique and different. Just like this name of the show is called the Perky Collar Radio Show. What the heck? Why not call it a business show? Well, because I invented a product that's unique to me and that's why it's called the Perky Collar Radio Show. So we all have our reasons behind doing things. People may not understand, but there's a, a rhyme behind our reason, right? Oh, yeah. Very good. Well, walk me through, Jake, uh, mistakes you've made in scaling. Obviously, you said you have eight times, which is great uh, for the business. Uh, obviously, that comes with growing pains a lot of times. Uh, as you've grown this business, as you've found more founders, as the business is scaling, what mistakes have you come across? And most importantly for the audience, what did you learn from those mistakes so they can hopefully avoid those same ones? Yeah. So it's funny. This is actually, uh, I really only, I never really scaled a business that big before. I've always played in the zero to one stage. So I started an agency right when I was 18 and we grew the team to about 22 people. And I did that for roughly four years. So that that's the biggest team I've led. And I've, from there, I even learned, like, I don't want to do much bigger than that. The next, I don't know, six years of my career were spent in venture, and I was raising funds and advising and consulting with emerging venture studios. And so, obviously, focusing on the zero to one phase, because that's what startup studios and venture studios focus on. A company that's like part agency, in a way, I actually even love calling it an agency, and part platform and then just part like content company. And I'm trying to make these decisions now around, well, you've got all these AI tools coming out and it, they're like coming out by the day. They are largely eliminating my need for traditional hires that I think I would need to hire that I have hired in the past. Like I need a, an account management person and I need like a social media executor and I need a designer and I need a videographer. And so you know, I make models around my margins will be and how much we can spend on hiring and stuff like that. And then the next day I see a tool that comes out that completely eliminates one of those needs. I'm like, holy crap, I don't need to hire this person, let alone this whole department. I can just hire somebody to use this tool who's overseas and I can train them and build a playbook on how to do it. So I actually would love to slightly edit your question because it's so pertinent right now, I think to a lot of people, and I don't know how many people are really talking about this, but I feel like I'm currently making mistakes, but I don't really know. There's, we've never been in this world before where I'm like, I'm hiring people. I want to be hiring people that are a lot more just like straight executors that are following a playbook. But then I'm not building a tried and true team and a company with a culture where people are like waking up every morning, living, eating and breathing and dying by this company and this product and this mission. It's hard to like almost have a soul at that point. It's just like a bunch of robots. And so what have I learned from it? I'm kind of trying to learn right now. How, how do I build a company that is largely driven with AI, that is run by a lot of systems and frameworks and, and a handful of humans as needed, but not be just like, this factory. It's a tough balancing act because I think culture is important. 
and obviously get ideas from other people where AI is just going to perform procedures. Yeah. And when you said that earlier about eliminating positions, I, I guarantee anyone listening right now that does marketing or have kids study marketing, just all of them just gasped all at one time, like, oh, I can't believe that's happening. But it's a reality. You know, yeah. it just means we have to pivot. It just means we'll be doing different things in marketing. We won't be doing Google ads and Google analytics because AI can do it for us now. I mean, it's the same thing when Photoshop and like video editors came out, what, 20, 25 years ago. Right. Well, the phone with the cameras, obviously, and walk around with a, a true camera anymore, unless oh, they're a professional photographer, it's more cell phone cameras now. Yeah. And like, it's not like creatives have ever been eliminated. We actually have way more creators now than we did 20, 25 years ago, because there's more tools. You just have to change. You just have to get good at using the new tools. It's always been that way. I, I have very strong opinions that like developers, designers, they're not going anywhere. You just need to really get better at learning the new tools need to be the best at sussing out what's a solid tool and what's a crappy tool because there's so many crappy tools that are launching every day right now. I mean, I looked at four yesterday that I found for one specific thing. They all sucked, but like I spent four hours doing that, but I, as a steward of all my clients, I need to do that. And for my team, I need to do that. And so that's a big part of it. Just getting better at the tools that are at your disposal. That's what being a creator has always been about. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's like you said, it's hard though when you have so many tools coming out and you have to vet it. And you don't want to get someone to invest in a new tool and the tool doesn't work out well or it's not sustainable or you can't build on it. You know, it's, it's clunky. Uh, it doesn't have a good viewership. I mean, it's, it's tricky. You always want to find new tools to make things better and more efficient. But at the same time, it's all unproven. And it makes everyone a little nervous when you try a new tool. Totally. And then I guess when you get enough reviews, enough people say it works, enough people say it's easier, then you can embrace it. But it's always difficult to tackle new tools, that's for sure. Totally. So Jake, walk me through a success story. Obviously, you've been working with these founders. I'm sure you're amazed by the incredible stories that you hear from people uh, and, and how they took their business and how they grew their business. Uh, walk me through a success story. Someone that you found that you know, had a decent business, but it really wasn't at its potential. And then after they did your program and they started doing the podcast and they started doing all the video clips, suddenly just boomed. And you're like, That's, this is why I do it. This is why I started this company to begin with for this person's success story. Can you walk me through an example of that? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a client that um, I've been working with them for about seven months now. I won't share their name or anything, but they, we were trying to figure out like, all right, how are we going to use content for growth? And that's with, with every company. That's what the point of this project is. Like, sure, we're, we're building a, a presence online, but really this is about, okay, now we need to talk to various stakeholders and customers on each channel and which channels to use. And then you build a playbook around it. And so this was the first time I realized that like this strategy was actually the largest part of the strategy, which was we had a podcast guest. It was like our third or into one of the biggest clients ever for that company. And it's funny because you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's so obvious. A lot of people who are probably listening and maybe you even do this. I certainly do it, which is like you, you produce a podcast so that you can, potentially meet new leads, right? Instead of reaching out with a cold email for five minutes about how great my product is, you say, hey, I'd love to invite you to be on my podcast for an hour and talk about how great you are. People love that. But now you've got the relationship. Now you've got their phone number. Now you've got a reason to keep emailing them for the next couple of weeks. And now you've got, you're, you're co-producing content together. Now you're homies. And now you've got a really strong lead. 
And so anyway, that, that took place with one of my clients and that one client alone was 5X ROI on their entire investment in, in my company. And I think that's just a tactical ROI on the business side, but here's also a fun part of it. After the first episode went out with the, five with the company, one of the co-founders was out one night in New York City uh, out with some friends celebrating that they just launched a new content series. And he walks by a bar, I'm sorry, a pretty cool nightclub. And the bouncer sees him and is like, hey, I saw you in your podcast in your, your podcast yesterday. They are in the nightlife space. So it makes sense that he saw it. He goes, dude, I love that episode. Come on in. And he let him skip the VIP line and let him into the nightclub. And I'm like, this is why I say there are so many ways that producing content will impact your life positively. And I can't even begin to assess and promise what but that's one example of like, now you look really cool to a bouncer and in front of all your friends and you're going to get into, you're going to skip the VIP line and have an amazing night. Like a small little win, but how funny and cool is that? And I, I, I've got a whole laundry list of random other things like that, that I've seen impact positively and impact my clients' lives positively in small ways and big ways, of course, in, in ROI. But uh, I'll pause there because those are the, the two stories that really come to mind the most. That's fantastic. And I'm sure that founder felt like a celebrity, A-list celebrities. Like this sort of feels oh, like yeah. you can Swift when I'm out in public. Oh. <laughs> so that's going to be a pretty cool experience for someone that's a founder and I'm sure more of a desk guy and more behind the scenes. He's just more tech. And all of a sudden now he, he's recognized and he's, you know, someone says, I want you to come in and skip the line. And it just makes you feel great. You know, and it's, it's all because he got outside of his comfort zone a little bit to do something you suggested, you recommended. And then he got the results he was looking for and someone recognized him, which is awesome. 100%. And it's so funny how, you know, especially in it's super incestuous. Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's sharing the same articles. It's very much a signaling game. And so if you kind of join the table of founders that are even investors, like just builders and investors that are putting out content every day and like start asking really damn good questions, writing really thought provoking deep dives, which is what we do everyone starts to very quickly at least recognize your face and your name or know who you are and where they may not share your stuff. They may not like all your, your content. It's crazy how many times you, you know, you walked into a networking event as a founder after three months of putting out content or you show up at an investor meeting and how many people will say to you like, Oh yeah, I've seen your pod. I've seen it around. I love what you do. And most of the time they haven't even actually listened to it or watched the whole episode. They just keep seeing your face pop up every day on your feed, on their feed with really thought provoking subtitle sort of videos and they start to get used to it. They're like, oh yeah, I know you, I, I love what you do. When you're raising money or you're hiring, that is a massive, massive competitive advantage. And we sell that a lot as well. That's one of the huge outcomes here. Yeah, I have to give you an amen on that because I feel, I have a fashion business and I take photographs of myself based on what I'm wearing each and every day. Cool. And it's amazing how many orders I get just from people. It's like, oh, I love the lapel you wore. Can I buy that hat? Do you sell the hat? And I'm just taking pictures. I'm not selling my stuff. I'm just simply saying, here's my outfit for today. Happy Thursday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Monday. And occasionally I'll do, here's all the accessories I'm wearing today in case you can't see it in the picture. Here's my watch. Here's my lapel. Here's my pocket square. But it's just, like you said, that daily consistency makes a big difference. And even if they're not buying today, they recognize what I do and I'm the hat guy. And I'm the lapel guy. I'm the bow tie guy. I'm the pocket square guy. And when you walk to the mall, they come find me. I had some guy come all the way from Pennsylvania just to come meet with me because he needs some more hats. 
Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, social media just gives us this reach now. And people start following you. Even if they don't comment every time, even if they don't like every time, if they're watching you and they respect what you do, they respect what you're, what you're doing, what you're wearing, they admire it a little bit. They want to get to know you and get some of your stuff so they can they also want, do similar things as well. They want it for themselves. They see that you're living this cool life. They feel like they're friends with you. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many people I personally follow on TikTok who are putting out daily content about just their journey of living the life that they live. And I feel like I'm friends with them to the point where I, I do and I can shoot them a message and ask a question, leave a comment, ask for a piece of advice on one of their, their tips. But yet we've never met. We probably will never meet, but I feel like we're friends. And the second they put out a product or they have a call to action or they write a piece of content and they want someone to engage with it, they want me to engage with it, I'm, I'm in. I'm watching it immediately. I point it's the, it's the strangest thing the world is out here on this planet doing this silly little dance <laughs> following these people we don't know but it's it's quite frankly i think it's a beautiful thing the connection of it the the sense of belonging the community that gets that gets derived i think it's great yeah it's the power of social media it really is incredibly powerful i mean you look at the people that have the most followers i think i just heard this morning it's mr beast with you know 300 million whatever followers he has yeah it's incredible he's just a guy you know, some guy decided he wanted to be, do something unique and different on social media. And now he has this gigantic following. And now he just became a, a sponsor for the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, how does a, an everyday guy become a sponsor of the Hornets? But he's worth millions and millions of dollars now because of that following. Once you have a following, opportunity starts knocking. And I, mean, I think that's really the big message for your founders, too, is that, hey, keep putting this content out. You never know where it's going to take you. You never know. And it's, I think it's, it's not new either. Like, humans have always followed humans over organizations. Jesus, example. Martin Luther is a great example. Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg. Like, sure, you could say Apple or Facebook, but you always immediately think of the name Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. People think of people over companies. And sure, that's a long debate. We could even talk about how corporations are taxed and treated as individuals in parts of this country. Whatever, that's a different conversation. But it's almost now, if you look at history, it's ridiculous to think that, oh, I'm going to build this startup and people are going to really, really, really latch onto our mission and our brand and our website. Like, sure, you need to go for that as much as possible, but they're just naturally going to latch more onto you as the founder. And so by not sharing that story, by not putting that whole set out there, you're missing a massive part of your brand as a company. 100%. I think Elon Musk does it very well, too, because it's not just oh, Tesla. It's like, what else can you Oh, SpaceX. What else are you doing now, Elon? Yeah, so people, once you get into following him, you're, you're just following his life. What is he into? What is he looking into? 100%. He's got the next AI this. He's got the next AI that. And you, you just start buying into his intelligence and his innovation and his vision. And you, just, you can't help but just follow him because you're intrigued by what he's into next. I mean, why do people, you ask anybody who's a Tesla shareholder, hey, why did you invest in Tesla? They, there's, there's a couple and one of which will always be uh, well something about elon musk i really like elon musk i think he's a genius sure he might be crazy but like i really believe in his policies or his philosophies or how quickly he builds they might also of course believe in the ev market and they look they like the the, the equity ratios and all that but the name answer is always part of that conversation he's done a great job more yeah. doing that. all the founders that's it all of them and, and not just Tesla. Tesla opened up the whole world of electric vehicles, period. And look at all the brands now that are embracing electric vehicles, electric buses, electric trucks. I don't know how 
possible it is to roll it out nationwide because of the energy crisis we have in a lot of cities. But I think it does make it another option for people that don't want to just put gas in their car. I still think gas is always going to be cheaper. And that's, again, another conversation. But it's just interesting how we change the way we move through transportation. It's not just electric vehicles for 10% of the world, but here's another way for us to get from point A to point B that's not using gas. It's just intriguing. Whether it's possible to make it 100%, I don't think it's possible. But you never know. If we make great upgrades and different things long-term, it is possible for us to go more electric down the road. I just don't think we're ready right now. But it's interesting how we can take someone that's used to driving diesel trucks or now gas-powered trucks, and now all of a sudden they're potentially driving electric trucks. That's just such a huge shift. And it all came from an idea this guy had that he's now pushed out and made possible. Yeah, 100%. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Jake. I think you had a lot of great information and I hope you've inspired a lot of people to create more content. Sure. And if you could share with us your website, your social media, so people can follow you. If you want to give out email or cell phone, whatever is comfortable to you. Yeah, totally. Uh, our website is thursdaylabs.co. Thursday Labs is spelled out exactly how it sounds, .co. And LinkedIn is my, my main go-to platform. I, I post a lot on LinkedIn. I'm also trying a lot of Kind of like guinea pig strategies on myself, different copywriting strategies, different types of content before I bring it to my clients' uh, platforms. And so my name is Jake, last name is Hurwitz, H-U-R-W-I-T-Z. Uh, those are the two best places to find me. And I want to wrap up with a top three. I, I do it in a lot of episodes, and I think we had such great content here, we didn't really need it. But I want to wrap it up with the, if you're a founder and you're listening to this episode and you're doing these three things, please call me. So Jake can help. Give me a top three things founders are doing that are mistakes they're doing. They need to stop and call you so you can make it better. I'd say number one is being too impatient. This game is really long. I used to think that you can see real, real results and real wins in like two, three years, which I felt was a very long time. And I realize now it's truly the 10,000 hour game. That's, that's 10 years. Uh, and if you can't, stomach that, whether it's financially or for whatever reason, you, you're just not able to really look at this as a 10 year plus game, then don't start a company. Now's not the time to do it. That's great. <laughs> don't put yourself and the rest of the world and your world into a whole lot of pain and heartache. If you don't need to. That's number one. Uh, number two, I'd say is, I mean, on the content front, if you're like not putting out content, if you're not sharing your story, if you are telling yourself, oh, well, like, I don't think my story matters, or I don't think it's going to like benefit me, or like, I'm not building a, a uh, something that's worthwhile. All, I just call false on all of that. And there's always a great story to share. We can always, it's the equivalent of saying like, well, I, I don't think I need to work out or I don't need to be a healthy person or go to the gym every day or eat right. Like why, why do I need that? So, come on. That's, that's BS. Uh, and then number three, the stuff should be fun. Have some fun. We'll take this stuff real seriously. Like, of course, to take it seriously, it's my career, it's my life and it's, it's all of our careers and lives, but the other day, I don't know, I'm pretty existential and spiritual about it. Like, this stuff should be fun. We should be solving problems that we care about and that we enjoy solving and working with people that we care about and we enjoy working with. And I think that's, that's just piece of advice number three. So if you're not really finding a lot of fun and joy in your, in it, in your work, then uh, I guess I can help with that in whatever way. I'm not a coach, but <laughs> I can try to help. So uh, those are my top three. And, and I think a lot of people just are so judgmental themselves. Like, I don't like how I sound on a podcast. I don't like how I look on camera. I don't like how I look on video. I don't like how I sound on video. 
Yeah, no it's one like does. You're, you're being overly critical yourself. Nobody cares. You sound nobody, just fine. Nobody cares. Just roll with it. Nobody cares. Uh, everyone thinks they, they are awkward or weird on camera. I get it. And also, by the way, there, there's so many different strategies that can be employed here. One, to like change your voice a little bit. That's fine. Or to give your face a little touch up. That's fine. This is what AI is being used for now. It's what the industry does. But also, there are ways to put out content and not be like your face on camera. Now, we, we my company, we focus on like putting the thought leader, the, the, the founder as the thought leader in the spotlight and putting their face on camera. But you don't have to work with us. I mean, work with, you could do this by yourself. You could hire a head of content. You could hire a college content to each of these different directions. But I just want to see more people sharing their story and, and getting it out into the world that like, we're building something. And that's the problem we saw. Like, that's why we do it. How you do that, there are so many ways to go about it. I, I don't think having those excuses should ever be limiting you. 100%. And just get over it. You'll be fine. And I think yeah. the more you do it, the more you just get used to it. Like, I, I take pictures every day. Yeah. Do I like to do it? Do I always have time to do it? The answer is no, but you do it. Just like going to the gym, like you said. I, do I want to get up at 6.15 to go to the gym? No, I'd rather sleep till 8. But I just can't. You yeah. got to get up, get to the gym, and then after you work out, you feel great. It's like you spend time taking care of your body now, or you can spend money taking care of your body later. Oh, yeah. That's a good it's way just, to say it just doesn't make any sense. Just take care of it now. Make the right choices now. It's easy to eat the extra cookie, extra cake, but it's better for you if you don't. Yeah. So it's those sacrifices we make sometimes, but for better long-term results. And they look good at, you know, at the beach and in the mirror and so on and so forth. So there's some good results there as well. Absolutely. Well, Jake, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I, I love what you're doing. Uh, again, I share the same passion with the, the podcasting and sharing founder stories. Uh, I love my Thursdays as well. So we have a lot in common and it's been a great to get to know you. Uh, hopefully someday we'll even be in Charlotte one day and we can get you as a guest to our entrepreneur uh, group. And uh, again, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much, David. I'm excited to chat again soon. Yes, sir. And you've listened to another episode of the Perky Caller Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right, over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top. Adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt ready to tackle Sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K as in Kangaroo, Y as in Yo-Yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's perkyllc.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems such as a droopy, saggy dress shirt collar, the pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still properly. It unfolds. It falls down. The shirt that keeps coming untucked, collar stays that keep curling on you, and more and more issues with your belt, cracking, splitting, holeless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. 
What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun fashion accessories are available at PerkyLLC.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories, bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out PerkyLLC.com for all these great fashion accessories and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. That's right. It's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out, be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step and having the right team around you. Again, go to https colon forward slash go, G-O dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.